0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Better Events Podcast. This is Mary Davidson, one of your co-hosts. And we just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It makes so much of a difference to know that we have listeners like you who are tuning in to learn all about events. And so just wanted to give a quick little shout out and thank you so much. And we are really excited for this episode today. We are going to be talking about hot or not event trends, which is going to be a really fun conversation. So let's get into it. Here we go. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow, and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by fellow co-host Mary Davidson. And Mary, before we jump into our topic, which again, it's a really fun episode this week about uh, hot or not, about event trends, I do want to start us off with a little bit of a seasonal conversation starter. So Mary, uh, what's your favorite or go-to Halloween movie or TV show?
0: Okay, so I definitely have one for this. Um, I feel like we've done this for like the Christmas time, that holiday season as well. So I'm like, I'm like having flashbacks right now, but I would say, okay, so my favorite Halloween movie, I don't know. Okay. This is not my favorite. This is my childhood memory. Let me clarify that because it is a VHS that I got in a happy meal from McDonald's when I was little and I watched it every year up until I was like. 19 and so if i turned it on i would feel very nostalgic um but it was called called scared silly and it was like ronald mcdonald and his friends so if you are a 90s mcdonald's child like i am you may know what that is and that is something that i think of every single halloween oh wow i don't think i was expecting that as an answer (laughs) totally forgot you you could get vhs's in in a happy meal (laughs) Right? Like, I wonder, I can't remember if you had to, like, pay extra or not to get that, but whatever it was, I'm sure it was a good deal. What about you, Logan? What is your favorite Halloween movie or TV show? I mean, it's so trendy right now with Hocus Pocus. I feel like I love all the good – Hocus Pocus was one,
1: another one. I haven't seen the Hocus Pocus 2 yet, but I plan on watching it set sometime in October this month. Uh, I also loved – I was more of a Disney Channel kid growing up, and so a lot of the Disney Channel movies were my go-to's similar to your Happy Meal go to Mary uh, and Halloween Town was one that since getting Disney plus last year, I like what we went back and rewatched it. I encourage you to, it doesn't really hold up. There's not a lot of plot there, but it was very entertaining as a child and it's fun to rewatch because just for the nostalgia, but I don't encourage you showing it to someone who didn't watch it when they were a kid because yeah, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't hold up, but it's a fun one. So let us know, listeners, if you've already seen Hocus Pocus two, or if you like any of the Halloween towns. And there are up to four movies, so you know it was a it was a, successful at the time.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go rewatch those now. You've inspired me for sure. It's a nice, like, cozy Halloween
1: movie. I'm not a big scary movie person, so I go for the cozier ones. Anyway, I uh, hope you're feeling a little festive then with the, um, you know, w- with our October holiday uh, talk here, but. Getting into this week's episode topic, so um, we were inspired for this based on uh, another event podcast called the Event Tech Podcast, and they had a whole hot versus hype talking about different event tech trends, and that just kind of got my wheels turning that Mary and I do so many different events uh, across so many different mediums that it might be fun to do our own version of this, which we're calling Hot or Not, and we've got 10, there might be a bonus one or two trends we're going to throw in there, but we've got 10 Current event trends that we are going to rank hot or not, and listeners. I know it's fun when we disagree, but Mary and I often agree. So I'm we haven't talked about these yet. So I'm curious to see out of these ten, how many we have a similar opinion on, or if we do have some differing things.
0: No pressure. But, yeah, no pressure at all. Mary, uh, are you excited for this this week's topic? I'm excited. I I have listened to the Event Tech podcast, so a additional shout out to that. But I haven't seen this type of episode, so. You're getting our live reactions, as Logan said, so I'm excited. Logan, you can kind of show me how it's done, and I'm sure there's a lot we can talk about. So listeners,
1: to break it down for you, the hot or the not. If we say a trend here is hot, that means that we think that like, yes, it's trendy. Yes, it's worth it. Go for it. It is hot, hot, hot. You got to get it now. If we say it's not, then it's a it's a trend that we would be okay seeing go away, or one that we don't agree with, or one that we maybe just think just needs to not be in the future of events. So listeners. If you hear hot, that's a good thing. If you hear not, maybe you want to do less at this event. But if you did do it, no judgment to you. This is more just in general terms that Mary and I are going to be passing our own personal event judgments. Mary, are you ready to do our first one?
0: Yes, I'm ready.
1: All right. First event trend on the list, plated dinners at events, hot or not?
0: This is my problem is I feel like I'm like, well, maybe it depends. (laughs) So (laughs) with this one, I would say plated dinners. In my opinion, are hot if you have a program like a seated program. Like basically it's an excuse to pull like get people to not talk as much cuz they're busy and they're seated so they're ready to take in whatever it is you're trying to give them. So, I would say in my opinion, plated dinners are hot, but I really appreciate I feel like plated dinners are traditional events more likely, and so I appreciate a non-traditional event, which therefore could mean not a plated dinner. So, that's my answer. Does that work? Is that what is that what you're thinking, yeah. Logan? Your conclusion okay.
1: was your conclusion was hot, Mary. Right? That's what you're saying. You're hot, saying it's hot, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, Most we're gonna of start off
1: strong because I want to say not. I think okay. uh, plated dinners, like Mary you mentioned, they're traditional, and therefore I just think it's like it's not a good trend. I think it's a default. I think it's an easy fallback for people and doing interactive buffet stations or just like past items or food trucks or anything that like gets you out of this. I have a theory that um, we'll, we'll probably talk about later with a later trend. But a lot of people forget there's only so creative you can get with a plate of dinner. So there's always going to be like a chicken, a fish, pasta, or a veggie option, you know, that they all start to kind of blend together. So I would say this is for me as a not. Especially if you want that food to be a focal point of your event, because we've all gone to so many of these <laughs> that they
0: all just oh, kind yeah. of blend together. I will say, if you are going to plate it, just like don't do like chicken and beef, <laughs> make it interesting. <laughs> so that's something I'll throw in there. <laughs> yet so many are just chicken or beef. <laughs> but I am, I am interested, Logan. I know we can't spend too much time because we're trying to get through at least 10 of these, but. If you have to grab people's attention, think of like a fundraising event. How do you do that, like with buffet style and stuff like that?
1: I mean, you would just make it if, again, if the food, if it's supposed to be an interesting, you're talking about because you like the idea that people are already seated. And so they're captive and they're just going to watch whatever you have on. They're kind stage. of forced into it. Yeah. yeah. My argument is less of that and more the buffet gets them up and talking and, you know, moving around and things like that. And you can have more of an entertainment piece because, again, I think it's moving in the way of the future that that's what we used to do all the time, and people are bored by it. So I would want something yeah. more entertaining. Maybe not every meal, but I think plated. I think just plated dinners. It's just a yeah. To me, it's just for very like a, rote. Like I'm not going to go home and tell you about my amazing plated dinner. Maybe I tell you about the programming because <laughs> it was so amazing. But yeah,
0: um, no, that makes sense. So it's like more like a change of goals for the event. Like it's kind of yes. shifting towards. I like it. Okay. You also don't have to agree. We can totally disagree on this. No, but I do. I do. for listeners to
1: decide and can tell why a lot of these trends are still happening regardless if we think they're hot or not because clearly we have different opinions on them. Um, All right. I'm going to tackle this next one first uh, for our next hot or not. Branded swag for attendees. Yeah, this one's a tough one. Branded swag for attendees because I want to say this is not a trend. Or if I had to rate this a hot or not, this is a not for me. I want to say that we are getting more into sustainability And the realization that just getting like a branded pen or a tote bag, we already have so many of those. So I just, I don't know, maybe it's an aspirational knot, but to me, this is a knot that folks are thinking more about their environmental impact of their events and they realize they don't need lots of stuff. And virtually, we got away with doing virtual swag bags and like gift, like, you know, uh, coupon codes and things like that via email that do not use up as much paper and wasteful material. So I'm going to rate this a not. Mary, how about you for branded swag for attendees?
0: Yeah, I also say not because that's everything that you said. I myself have thrown away so, so much that I get. It's just all these knickknacks and stuff that I'm like, and the moment I'm like, ooh, cool, I want that. And then I get home and I'm like, what am I going to do with any of this stuff? So I completely agree with this one. Not for branded swag for attendees, but love the idea of other surprise and delights, like you were kind of talking about to still have things or moments, but it's like way more intentional. Yeah.
1: All right. Our next one, this one is, uh, you'll probably see this more in the context of weddings, but you could see it as any
0: kind of event would have this, but Mary, how do you feel about live bands hot or not? I would say hot. I often have just been like, because it's another component to, to manage or spend money on. I'm like, We'll just do Spotify playlist. But recently at an event, we did have a live performer and people were so engaged with him. They just really liked it. And I was like, all right, OK, this is why we do this. It's a healthy mixture. So I'm going to say hot live bands. Yes. What do you think, Logan? We're going to agree here, listeners. And I also
1: think these are hot uh, from the context of weddings. I will say all of my favorite weddings that I have been to in terms of favorite, I guess, in terms of a fun, engaging time, uh, all of them have live bands. That's not saying I haven't had fun at weddings that don't have a live band, but it's been almost a default. I have not had, I've always had a good time if there's a live band. And so this is something, like you said, Mary, I think it's hot. It's hot, hot, hot. It's expensive. Uh, it's more expensive than a Spotify playlist. And with a full band is more you know expensive than like a DJ. But getting back to how we are all wanting to have more intentional in-person experiences, live bands are it. They even worked virtual. I feel like live or semi-live looking performances always played a lot better than just music.
0: I'm curious too, because you just mentioned DJs, and that's also something else I was thinking of. Would you rate them similarly? Like cause when you have a DJ that's like extremely interactive, sometimes I feel like that could replace a live band if it's interactive enough. And same with virtual events, like having some live DJs, I always felt like was way cooler than like you're saying a playlist. So what do you think about DJs specifically with live bands or separate from?
1: I'd say DJs are hot, but make sure you do your research. Probably Mm -hmm. similar to live bands of like making sure you're finding something that fits your event. So like a DJ that does really well at a club might not do great at your corporate event. Or maybe it does if that's your like corporate brand that you're going for with that event. Same thing with like, I know this from sports. That's why I guess this comes up. We have DJs Mm -hmm. at sporting events and there are some very good DJs that I don't doubt are great at a club or at another like outdoor affair, but like are not always the most effective sports wise. I haven't seen it the other way. Like a good sports DJ found is good in other uh, regards as well, just because they have to constantly be like on their toes and things like that. So I love them. um, And I would say they're probably hot, but make sure you do your research.
0: I like it. Awesome. Good addition. All right. Our next one is 360 photo booths, Logan, hot or not?
1: They're very hot right now. Everyone has them. I don't know, Mary. I feel like I'm leaning towards the knot. Like I, have you I done feel- one? Yes. I did okay. one in All right. did one in Shanghai back in 2019 at a fundraising event. Um, they were way ahead of the game there. <laughs> yeah. This was pre-COVID. Uh, and it was it was really fun. So if you haven't done one listeners, like definitely do it. I feel like for me it's just been that I've seen it now every you know, you see it so much. Like to me, this is a knot in the sense of uh something new and different it is falling in line now with me at the same kind of value add as a regular photo booth, which I'm sorry, 360 photo booth providers because I know it's more expensive than just a regular photo booth. But um, to me, it's less of a standout of a must do and turns into like a, it's okay. So I'd, I'd rate this one a not Mary. How about you for 360 photo booths?
0: I agree. But like, if I had the budget to bring one in, I like probably would cause I really like them and I think they are fun. I love to do them personally too and so i think it's fun so i would say i don't know it's hard not because i don't know like how sustainable it is but they are fun if you want to throw something else in there all right our next one mary hot or not printed event
1: materials we're talking agendas menus maps
0: hot or not not hello save the trees (laughs) but um I think sometimes, depending on your audience, though, you have to have them like, like I was just part of an event where they had a mobile app and half the people didn't use the app. We had QR codes, we showed them how to use it, and they just chose not to. And they're like, can we please just have a printed agenda? And we're like, no, because <laughs> we're trying to go paperless. And people had problems with that. So it's like they could still, you know, print their own before they come. Anyway, I think that not everybody is ready for this, but. As far as trends go, I would love if this became more of a trend. So I'm going to say hot. Uh, you mean you mean not printed
1: event materials? Oh, sorry, not <laughs> not hot. There you not, go. She, she, this is a not. You want you want non-printed materials not printed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm with you, Mary. I would also say this uh, printed event materials is a not for me. Uh, I've seen that across the board across events. Folks are getting away from it. I'm with you, Mary, that there is hesitation for some folks who have been slow to adopt the technology. But even having QR codes places, that's something that we didn't have even two years ago. You know, when we went virtual, I feel like you had to teach people about QR codes. So this is great for event organizers. If you are listening, you should be like, woohoo, you're about to save thousands of dollars from your event budget. Because I mean, I had a nonprofit that would spend like several thousand just having to print signage and print things around the event. Granted, you might still need some signage, but you can save a lot of money this way. But I'm with you Mary that it's sometimes safe. Know your audience. Think about how many of them are going to adopt that technology and you might need to have a couple printed copies of things, but just use them sparingly because if you start handing them out like they're candy to every single person without the masking, you're going to have more people asking for them and therefore you you've not solved the the issue of needing printed event materials. But I'm a fan as well of being able to save as much paper as possible and just be a little bit more sparing with what we're printing for the event day.
0: Definitely. Great point on saving money too. That's awesome.
1: We love budget savings here.
0: We sure do. All right. Our next one is paid performers, hot or not. And I think what we mean by this one is um, like if you've you've seen them at events, you're going to know what I'm talking about. They're basically – individuals who come dressed themed to the event and their role is to perform if you will But they're they're not really doing anything particular they're just kind of standing around and walking around sometimes they're like on stilts and they're like dressed up accordingly to the event or they're just kind of in the corner and if you, I, it sounds really weird i feel like but if you know what i'm talking about then you've seen it before but basically they're just really like themed individuals and they're people rather than like a statue they're actual people so hot or not logan I mean, I'd say not because I haven't used them at any
1: events recently. Uh, I know what you're talking about. And I feel like if I had done a really super themed out event, maybe it does help add to that. But um, and yeah, listeners are play, like you're picturing like if it was a circus event, these are circus people. Or if it's a dance event, these are dancers. Or I'm even thinking of like the um, people who wear like a cocktail or it's um like a champagne dress. And the dress is actually skirt is made of champagne holders. And that person's handing out cocktails like I just say not because I do, I totally don't feel like I need it. That being said, I see the draw because I love mascots at sporting events. And this is probably kind of like a version of a mascot, except like Mary said, they're a little bit more generic to the theme versus like a focal point of the event. But I would say not unless you, again, have a lot of budget and your client really wants to go above and beyond with making it feel really immersive that maybe those guys will add to it. But my big corporate events have not made this jump for that.
0: I'm going to say not as well but I think that's just because they kind of freaked me out a little bit <laughs> but I I think that it's it is a cool themed com- component if yeah you want to go down that route but I but I have seen it a lot so for that reason I'm gonna say not but I did almost hire one for an event um so I can't say I wouldn't totally use it they were they were gonna be like a statuesque like gesture for a uh, New Orleans event it was gonna be cool but that didn't come to play so i don't know i'm going to say not
1: yeah i feel like again if you come back to budget and if you listen to like our event budgets 101 episode uh you know it's yeah, i think for something like that it is definitely like an extra decor item versus something that you can really like figure out conversions on um or be a focal mm-hmm. point but more just like added kind of like a like a what would you call them supporting actors and actresses kind of deal um Next one, though, we have uh, hot or not walkie-talkies for event staff.
0: I think it's hot. It should be. If there's another way to communicate effectively, then I'd love to hear it. So I'm going to say hot. What do you think, Logan?
1: I say hot, too. I, it makes me sad for the people who believe this is a not because, Mary, the number of events that want to just communicate via text message. Um, oh I've gosh, been yeah. given cues before via text message on events I've worked and it is frustrating and hard because uh, it's hard to do things in a very timely manner down to the second sometimes for some of the shows we do on stage. And if you're seeing the little three dots that someone is texting and then they say one minute and you're like, from when you started typing, from when you hit send, from, you know, I think some people think you can com- you can communicate via text. I often use these as a backup plan and then I'll use walkie talkies or any kind of like headset co- communication system that you have on site. I think it is hot. And if you are not doing this for any event that requires more than one person to execute it, uh, I think you need to get on it because I we have this lovely set that I will actually um, I'll link in the show notes uh, to a walkie-talkie set that I recently purchased um, for my partner and his and his the farm that he's working on. We went in on them and it's like six walkie-talkies and they're super lightweight and super easy, so very inexpensive to purchase nowadays.
0: Yeah, definitely, I I agree, and I think people also it's like. You need to get the team on board who's using it too. Cause that recently we had them, and one lady was like, I'm just not going to use this. And I was like, it kind of defeats the purpose of like, cause we're not going to start implementing another system. So anyway, I love it. I totally agree. And if you don't have the budget for walkie talkies, like you're saying, use comms like Discord or something like that. Our next one is events on Zoom. Oh, this is a hot topic for us. Logan, hot or not events on Zoom?
1: They're hot. They're gonna stay hot. Zoom is so easy for everybody to use. We're used to it. It's uh, again. I think we had an earlier episode where I was saying the excuse, the uh, biggest insult for your in-person event would be this could have been just on Zoom. I definitely have heard rumblings about that at uh, different events that I've either attended or been a part of, and so I think it's not going away. We want to be back in in-person, but I think there's certain things that are just very convenient for you to join via a link. And Zoom has just gotten a corner of the market where they're easy to use. We know how to mute. We know how to unmute. Um, and we kind of know what that experience is like. And they're continuing to build out things. So like Mary and I, we're doing an event in Zoom events, their platform that's a little bit more robust and I think will help grow with folks who have really em- embraced uh, the Zoom part of things. I know Zoom fatigue's a thing, but I just I feel very strongly about this. This is hot. Mary, how about you? Zoom Zoom Events on Zoom, hot or not?
0: Yeah, I think super hot because um for me and I, I don't know the during the pandemic it was like everybody use zoom and then i was like i don't want to use zoom because everyone's using zoom let's find something different and now it's like let's definitely use zoom because people are now used to it so that like gets rid of this entire complex component um and you can create events on zoom so yeah for that reason events on zoom hot and i'm really curious what we would say like a year from now so we'll have to come back to this one we're constantly pressure che- – I feel like uh,
1: checking ourselves on this. So yeah, we'll have to know in- next year. We'll listen back to this. All right. Next one. High-end photography or videography at your event, Mary, hot or not? High-end. What do you mean by high-end? Like not you and your iPhone. Okay. Um, Like paying a photographer or videographer who has photography and videography experience, not you with your iPhone or someone who has never tried photography before volunteer i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna say hot but maybe not both perhaps one or the other but for sure one or for sure photos because that's how in-person event memories live on unlike virtual events that you can record so i'm gonna say hot and i feel probably pretty strongly about that what do you think logan
1: yeah i would say hot and i would say to both of them if you have the budget because photos yeah you need the photos to kind of capture that in-person feel and if you have a video, video invokes even more feeling than photos ever can because you're capturing you know, people's active facial expressions and things like that. So again, those both come with price tags that you've saved by doing a virtual event. So it might make you sad to have to pay someone now when you're going back to in-person. But um, depending on your event goals, but like photography I feel like is a given and a lot of folks are not doing it, I feel like, because they're all like, we all have fancy iPhones and we can take nice pictures. And you can, but they just might not be marketing nice pictures. They're kind of like behind the scenes photos that you can definitely capture on your own. And same thing with videography. If you're like trying to have a lasting impact from your event versus it just being a one-off, this is something that I have not seen a ton of people invest in, but I think it is a hot trend that they need to be investing in because uh, those videos will will work. Or like Mary's saying, even for recording, doing high-end videography just to get nice recordings of what you did in person will just make you You know, it'll cost money in the short term, but in the long term, you then have those recordings to reuse however you see fit.
0: Yeah. Definitely good for marketing. Our next one, celebrity speakers or guests and or guests. What do you think? What do you think about celebrities? Hot or not?
1: Yeah. This one's a tough one. I want to say not, but I also can see the draw in it of why people really like it. But again this comes back to I think this my favorite events that I work I want to say it's a not because so many times you just go for somebody who sounds famous but again doesn't fit with what you're looking for versus you can have a less well-known person someone who's maybe more just a subject matter expert versus a celebrity um, that can actually deliver something way more personalized for your event So this is like coming from the frame of like you hire a keynote speaker do you hire you know the really trendy, person who's published a bunch of books on it and they're like really fancy or do you go for somebody more local or something like that. So I would say this is a not for me once again based on I think the events that I've been working on especially the ones in person um, with my main asterisks being cameo is a very fun way to shake up a virtual event and or in-person event because you can pay celebrities to record a short message for you um, and uh, we use that at a virtual award show I did that I think would totally work at an in-person award show. Um, in terms of just having celebrities record messages and you surprise people and play those. So that's a low budget way. But, Mary, how about you, hot or not with these celebrity speakers or guests at your event?
0: So while you were answering, I have, like so many thoughts running through my brain about this, and I don't know if I think it's hot or not. I think they're okay. to have a celebrity speaker, or guests, they're they're very expensive unless they are have a tie to the, the company. And so and I've done VIP speaker management, right? And so I've seen like their contracts and their writers and everything that it's costing the company to get that person there and it is a ridiculous amount of money if it's somebody that everybody's gonna know. And that's the thing, is when I've seen celebrity speakers at events, half the time I don't know who they are. Like, and I'm not saying just because I don't know them doesn't mean they're not a celebrity. Obviously, they are, but they're not like huge. Like if Beyonce was at an event, everybody would know. It, all right. But they're not <laughs> like that. And so it's I don't know. It's kind of like womp womp sometimes. So I'm like, is it worth it? I don't know. And I would also say this is a thought that I had to go through my head. Just bear with me on this one. I feel like if you brought like a pet goat on stage, it would garner more or just as much excitement as a celebrity and you'd probably pay like $200 so i'm just saying i don't know i think i'm going to go with not but pet goats are hot so there you go can they can they
1: like deliver a keynote though mary i'm so curious of what your
0: recommendation is for bringing this goat on stage <laughs> no they can't they can't deliver a keynote but it'll get people excited still the same people are going to take pictures it'll it'll get the excitement i don't know <laughs> I think this goes back to, yeah, I think having a surprise
1: and delight moment and uh, a celebrity speaker, I feel like is a very easy way, not to surprise and delight, but like Mary's saying, creating a memorable moment. If you have a celebrity that people are excited about, that is a memorable moment at your event so I can see why people do it. But yeah, maybe take a page out of Mary's book, have a, have a 360 photo booth with a baby goat and just see what, what fun comes content in. comes from that. <laughs> All right. And our, our last one that we have pre-planned, but Mary, we can see if any else have come to mind. But our last one here is late night snacks at weddings. Hot or not? And I'm I'm going to take this one first and say this is hot and this is what I teased that ties back into my plate of dinners comment because I tell all of my friends who are getting married or anyone who asks me for advice about wedding planning is I often say people really rarely remember what you ate, you served them for dinner. But they will remember a late night snack, especially if you have a longer wedding, multiple hours. If you're doing a really short micro wedding, like two, three hours, don't worry about this. But if you are someone who had something that started at five and you're still dancing at 10 or 9.30, 10 o'clock, you're going five plus hours, doing a late night snack, um, always memorable. I had a couple that uh, they met in Shanghai. And so their late night snack was uh, jianbing, which is this like breakfast pancakes, these hot like little pancake wraps that came out late at night. and I remember that. Um, and another friend did like an ice cream truck, like just something that is feels so simple, but was so memorable while I could tell you, I can't tell you what I ate for dinner at either of those weddings. Probably it was chicken, be my guess, or if they had beef, like Mary said (laughs) earlier, it was chicken or beef, but it, you know, it might've tasted good at the time, but it wasn't a memorable moment versus a late night snack. So I would say it's always worth it. And it's even more fun if it's something that links to you as a couple or the place you're in or something personalized about it. It's really cool. Mary, how about you? Late night snacks at weddings.
0: Yeah, definitely hot. And I think you introduced me to this idea. And then since then, it's like extra stood out to me. Like I had friends who got married and they did a hot dog cart at the end of the night. And that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely hot. Any Whether it's a wedding or kind of like any event. I don't know. People like food. So bring it out. I love we, it. We did this at a fundraiser, a uh, nonprofit event where
1: the dinner was the focal point and they all went to restaurants. They all had these fancy meals that were really important to them. And that was the main moment. Um, it was plated, but it was everyone had a different, went to a different restaurant and then all came together for an after party. and then we did pizza, surprise pizza at midnight and it was amazing. Just literally brought them in in pizza boxes and kind of paraded them in because there were so many of them. and people lost their minds. So yes, you could do it even as a if you have an after party for a corporate event or even a nonprofit, I mean, this could be an interesting fundraising way to do a late night snack or present your dessert differently. Um, but I think the concept of the snack is that it's like an unanticipated, you all expect dinner and dessert. So this is kind of like a third thing that you're like, I had no idea this was happening. So back to our larger surprise and delight comments, I guess, Mary.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think a lot of these have to do with surprise and delight and it's quite interesting. So as we said, we we have to check back on, we'll have to do this again any year and see what's hot and what's not. And if you're listening to this, let us know what you think is hot or not as well. We'll try to yeah. get it on our radar. Yeah. And with that, I believe we are at the time where we do our bonus tip, which Logan has today. Yeah, I have the bonus tip. So um, my bonus tip this week is to take time to reflect
1: uh, on your business, personal life, career, it could be anything really. But um, I use this thing called a passion planner for my organiza- my weekly organization. And every month it has a monthly reflection where it asks me, it's got two pages that ask about eight questions asking about like, what was the highlight from last month? What changed between this month and last month? How do you feel like you spent your time? You know, uh, what are you looking forward to? What are you going to work on next month? And it's really, I do, I have a bad habit of not doing it when I'm busy, but I highly recommend it because it's just helpful to like think back on things. And then also I write it down. You might be a typer, but I'm a handwriter and I can write it in the planner, like actually recording what you're reflecting on, because it's very fascinating to go back and look at what was top of mind for me six months ago. And I can because it's in this planner. So you might not need to use a passion planner if you already have a habit of this, but especially if you're listening to this and you're a small business owner or you're someone who's working full-time maybe for someone else, but really ambitious about where you want to get in your career, make sure you're recording down some of these reflections
0: because you're giving gifts to future you that you get to look back and see how far you've come. This is awesome. So so a question for me. Are, so are you saying that you can, t- you can make it personal or you can make it business or is it mostly business um, specific this, prompts? This specific one I use is
1: all business, but I also work some personal life in there. Um, Yeah. But I think this is someone for if – it depends what season you are. So yeah, you could do this for your personal life. You could do this for your business. You could do it for both. I think as entrepreneurs, the lines blur sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also do also keep a journal that when I get busy, I forget about it. But that's also fun to write in no matter if I'm having a really calm season of life or a really stressful season of life because again, it's a written record. I can go back and look and be like, wow, I was thinking that six months ago, like we've come so far or interesting. I was worried about that. Then I'm still worried about it now. What can I do about it? So just remembering to that. actually record yeah. stuff. Um, another easy, low hanging fruit that I've done when I'm busy uh, as an extra bonus bonus tip is I record <laughs> voice memos. I'm a talker people. I have, we have a podcast. <laughs> Um and I found sometimes even just recording a voice memo of kind of like a verbal diary to myself if I'm trying to talk or work through something that's been a fun way to kind of reflect and I can I've saved them and can go back and like listen to them to be like oh what was I worried about 2 years ago or what was really like top of mind for me um and it's just fun to be able to have that record.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Wow, thanks for sharing. I'm definitely going to check it out. Great bonus tip. And with that, we are at the end of our episode. So thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Pod. You could send us an email, which we love to receive at bettereventspod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think is hot or not. And we're on Twitter, LinkedIn, all of the things. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back with you again next Wednesday. Thanks, everybody.